Welcome, everybody. Thank you very much for uh, coming to uh, the MAC Center and the Muslim Association of Canada based on Kingsway uh, near Victoria Drive in Vancouver. Uh, his mission to, to really be part of society, be with uh, uh, youth initiatives and other social uh, services to, to help the community. And so in collaboration with other Muslim organizations like the Muslim Care Center, the Muslim Food Bank, the Spire, and Islam Unraveled, um, MAC is graciously hosting this uh, very important program, which is why, uh, Yo Bro, Yo Girl, YBYG, which is uh, almost a 12-year-old program that uh, we interviewed Joe Calandino and uh, Ari Aziz, who's part of the operational team. So that was the boys' interview. Now this is the girls' and ladies' interview to basically talk about the impact that the work that YBYG has done to impact women and to empower young women uh, with necessary skills, not only personal uh, skills, but physically uh, having skills to be able to protect themselves in the event of any, any negative thing arising. So that being the case, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we have Harneet, who's uh, one of the key team members uh, with YBYG. So, uh, Harney, if you wouldn't mind introducing YBYG, what the mandate, the mission of the organization is, uh, your role, and how you personally got involved in, and what YBYG has done for you. So, YoGro, YoGirl Youth Initiative is centered around uh, preventing drugs, gangs, and violence within youth, uh, and keeping them engaged within their communities. We're a very versatile program. We run a number of different programs. We're talking about the women's section of our program, so our female self-defense programs, no means no, Irene's gonna touch on that a little bit later. Um, yeah, so our, I personally facilitate a program with Wahiba right now um, here at MAC, and we do a program on Fridays, and uh, we have a women's self-defense program uh, all around uh, women empowerment, building up their confidence, giving them the skills that they, or helping them achieve the skills that they need to be able to develop, defend themselves, and that goes a super long way because um, just empowering them and helping them feel confident walking around, um, say you're walking down the street alone by yourself, or you know if there's two females, and you know it's obviously a, a little bit of a nerve-wracking thing, especially in the day and age that we live in right now. Um, so personally, helping someone feel confident that they know exactly what to do in an unsafe situation, and that they would be able to defend themselves and help themselves get out of a situation they don't need to depend on someone else for that, that's a huge thing, and that's such a confidence booster, so that's kind of what we try to do um, to help build up everybody's confidence. Um, I personally have been with the organization for about uh, six, almost seven years now, and I started out as a participant, and uh, we used to, I was promised, I was promised uh, free food, learning how to, uh, learning martial arts, how to defend myself, and I get to cut class, you know? <laughs> so those were three pretty big things for me back when I was in grade 10. And I joined the program, met Joe. Um, and uh, I remember this, this experience that I had with him the first time I met him, and he was running a session, and it was a co-ed session, so it was females and uh, males, everybody was there. And I think there was about 15 of us, and we were all new to the program first day, and Joe's like, yeah, so he's super nice, super accommodating, and then <laughs> he's like, if you need to take a break during the workout, feel free to, you don't need to, you know, like, no issue, like, go ahead, take a breather, go get a glass of water. So we're working out, you know, doing push-ups, and I'm like, okay, 
I'm gonna take a break now, you know? Even though I didn't really need that, I'm like, okay, this is enough, like, I'll take a break. And all of a sudden, Joe comes around, he's like, what are you doing? 10 push-ups, let's go! And <laughs> he, okay, we, we're not like that with everyone, obviously, but um, just discipline and, like, being able to get that kind of, uh, someone's, like, pushing you to, to move forward. Like, I could have totally done 30 push-ups, like, modified, of course, but, like, I could have done 30, I stopped at 10. And here I have Joe telling me, no, keep going, you can keep going. And so I do keep going. So I learned that day what it really means um, to not not to stop and kind of go as far as you can and, and, and limit yourself. Yeah, limit yourself with it. So I learned a lot from that one experience, <laughs> learning how to limit yourself, um, going further than you think you can within limits still. And yeah, so <laughs> that was my first day with Joe. And then all of a sudden I seen more about what the program was about. You know, it's everybody feels like family here, feeling included and feeling like you. You have like these people want you around. You know they want to hang out with you. They want to uh, go do positive things with you. Eat. They want to break bed with you. They want to. Uh, we will always go out and do different activities. We'll be going like once a month. I think we do like team building activities, and we uh, will be going go karting on hikes, like different things, just so we can we have something to do because that's kind of the biggest part. That was that's what I've been looking for. You know, I'm in grade ten, looking for friends, looking for something to do. Um, yeah, I have school and then I need other things to be keeping myself busy with. So that's uh, kind of how I got involved with the program. Um, started out as a participant and then uh, slowly started going to programs. I started out going once a week. It wasn't enough. <laughs> so I started going to other programs um, because I'm from the, uh, I'm from uh, Wally area and the rest of these girls, how I met them was uh, I went to a different program. I used to bus after school every Friday <laughs> to go to their school so I'd be a part of their program there. And uh, that's how I know all of, all of these uh, fine young women here. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and it fostered this sense of sisterhood and community yes. and friendship yeah. and, and, and love in, in a positive environment, which, which I think Joe, from what I've seen as, as a leader, is, is committed. He's committed to his team. He's committed to you guys. And he just wants the best for you guys. And he's trying to give you tools and strategies to help you guys become better. And exactly what you said, to push you beyond where you think is your limit, to say that, hey, there's another level that you, he can see you can get to. So I, I, from what I've seen, there's a passion all the way from the top, all the way throughout the team that everyone is invested in everybody's getting better. Would that be correct? 100%, um, that's kind of what we do for each other. We learned it from Joe. Uh, has played a big role in uh, all of our lives, I think, uh, especially the key team here, and now we're kind of going on to make impact in other people's lives, just learning from Joe, you know? Um, so Joe started out, and we see this guy who's super compassionate and just cares so much about every, every single person in that room and just wants to do good. So that kind of lights something within like all of us, and that's kind of, you know, you see someone doing good, and you're like, wow, like, you know, like, must feel so great. Like, I want to do something. I want to help someone out. Uh, I want to be a mentor for someone. I want to be uh, working outreach one-on-one -on -one with people. I want to be teaching them self-defense classes. That's kind of how we got here, you know? Uh, learning martial arts from Joe, my coach, pushing me to do my best, um, competing in tournaments with, with Zainab and Wahiba. That's what we used to do a few years ago. And uh, now, now I'm in school. I, I go to PCIT for my accounting. Uh, for, I'm an accounting student there. And uh, so things have calmed down a little bit, but before we used to compete and we used to be really active and uh, we still are now, so 
Uh, it's great to be, you know, still in school and I'm still being able to work with such an amazing organization and being able to facilitate a program where I can help women gain confidence and empower them to just be confident in themselves and know that that like that they're all they kind of need to just they don't need to depend on other people for things you can do it yourself and you can kind of make your own way right and and the the honesty the integrity the authenticity from Joe down to the team this is really what everyone wants adults young people to be in an honest respectful environment where everyone's appreciated everyone's welcome and everyone wants everybody else to get better and I think I think this is the antidote for young people as a teenager growing up, but I didn't have this type of resource. And, and I can imagine as a young person to be with positive people like yourselves would have had a, a better impact on me. My daughter's actually your student, so she really enjoys it. You've taught her some skills I hope she doesn't use on me. So I always tell her, don't use any of this stuff on me. So. Within reason. Yes. And, and so, Hardy, based on all of this work that you've done, just your personal experience, and what have you seen with your team, with, with people that you've seen younger than you, older than you, how the work you guys have done together has changed people's lives for the better? Um, I want to talk on actually like a specific uh, memory that I have with someone, uh, seeing someone uh, who started out was uh, new to the country <laughs> and um, came in, two sisters actually, and oh, they God. came into our program and just seeing them, you know, really shy, really quiet, soft-spoken, not really, um, you know, just kind of observing, not really wanting to contribute at that point and uh, like to just, just like a discussion or whatever it may be, you know, kind of reserved. And then... They did uh, play one though. Yeah, yeah. no Taekwondo though. I'm talking about Wohiba here. <laughs> um, Wohiba and her older sister. And seeing them grow from the organization, seeing them grow as someone who's so reserved, and you can tell that they're not actually, that it's, on the inside, there's something else, right? So talking to them, seeing them every single day, building a relationship with them, building a connection, um, making them kind of feel safe, like they can be themselves, and making them feel confident, um, seeing that go like a crazy long way, like a little journey with them, you know? Actually. Yeah, seeing <laughs> them grow seven. from someone who's super reserved and, and now she's her true self and she's out here like doing interviews and like she's growing up so much, maturing and you know she can uh, probably beat up everybody in this room. <laughs> so you know, that, like things like that, like seeing specific interactions with one person that you have and seeing how the, they can contribute to changing that person's life is, uh, life is very rewarding and it just makes you want to go out there and do that much more. Know, let me help someone else let me like you know give them something to smile about give them something to look forward to and I think we all have that kind of sense and it's just like a, a feeling like like you come join our family you know <laughs> you're part of a family now so yeah and, and on that note uh, Wahiba it was actually uh, I think my wife discovered you yeah, at, a, at, a, at, at a program in Guilford um, my wife teaches I think about 30 students in, in the Guilford area I think more, more yeah. students, exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, she mentioned, oh, we're, we're doing a self-defense program and uh, uh, Sister Wehiba is going to be doing it. And really, at that time, it, I was like, you know, great work, but I, I, I honestly, it, 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 it only jogged the memory later, months later, when uh, we had an incident that happened. And just how we're all even here together 
was uh, one of our student or one of our volunteers at the Muslim Care Center. So the Muslim Care Center uh, is on Main and Hastings, in the middle of the opioid crisis. It's it's a location that we provide as the Muslim community to give food to the people that are in need, uh, regardless of race, ethnicity, religion. Anybody's welcome. Five thirty, seven days a week. We've got food that's halal uh, that people can uh, can uh, can partake. And so uh, she's one of our volunteers, 18 years old. Her background, she came from Syria as a refugee a few years back. She's uh, an honor roll student, uh, volunteering almost every other day or every day at the, the Muslim Care Center, giving food on the downtown east side. And this is a young, uh, I, I think I met her when she was 17. And I, and I asked her, what, what motivates you? Like this is like to come to the downtown east side, if, if anyone hasn't been there, it, it is kind of frightening. Even I'm an adult, I'm, I'm in my 40s. <laughs> Sometimes I go there and I'm shocked by what I see in that area, but she comes, she comes on the bus, she comes walking. She's maybe five foot six, five foot seven, but she's committed. And I said, what's motivating you? She goes, uh, I was a refugee. I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to be unwanted. I know what it's like to be uh, misunderstood. And so she, she just told all those references, like, you know, things that you take for granted, which is leaning against a chair or a wall. She says, I was in a tent and we didn't have any place to lean on. And just these stories really, really, really touched me about her. And so anyways, what happened to her was she was just shopping with her mom. She was on the, the bus, I believe it was on Hastings Street. And then a woman just started to kind of verbally abuse her and then jumped on her and started punching her. And, uh, and I was like, you know, just uh, when I heard the story, I was heartbroken because it's a traumatic thing for anybody, yeah, whatever age. That somebody just singles you out to to target you because and she wears a hijab as well so racially motivated as well so uh you know we did the requisite things like we we sent uh, emails to the premier's office they responded the mayor's office bpd transit police rcmp hate crimes everybody showed their support uh, transit police shiraz constable shiraz and he came to give the personal you know just be with the family in a, this difficult time but then the thought was, but what about solutions? One thing is to create awareness, but, but how do we protect somebody that's in that situation to let them know how they can protect themselves? So if, if it does happen, God forbid, they know what to do and how to do it. And so um, Helena, 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 who's one of our key volunteers at uh, Muslim Care Center, uh, she, when we, we talked about it, what do we do? Do you know anybody? And she goes, oh, I know Wahiba. And, uh, and then we thought, okay, well, let's do a self-defense kind of program, which we did here um, at the Max Center. It was on Zoom. It wasn't recorded. And I think about 30 plus, and this is during the height of the COVID crisis, and it was met with great response. I think so much uh, positivity, so much support for the program and the great work that you guys did. And, uh, and then... Wahiba said, you got to meet my director, Joe, from YBYG. Like, if you want to do more, like, talk to him. Uh, and then Yusuf and I went, met at your offices in Chinatown and had a very long discussion with Joe. Very, very amazing guy. And we're from the same neighborhood here. This is the neighborhood we grew up in. He's a, a bit older than me. Uh, he grew up down the street. I grew up down this way. So we knew a lot of the same kind of uh, people, the same kind of upbringing. 
and uh, it was great to, to meet him and get to hear his story and then we went to formalize uh, our organizational uh, agreement between the Muslim Food Bank and Community Services, the Muslim Association of Canada, MAC Centre and YBYG, a formal agreement of how we're going to work together which resulted in this program which is every Friday from 9.30 to uh, 11, 11.30 uh, uh, every Friday where uh, women from Vancouver can come and learn these uh, important skills from Wahiba and I think we did our third one this last Friday. So now Wahiba, you had a story that you told me about what happened to you on transit so I know it's a traumatic story but please tell that story and then your background and then how you got into YBYG and then your mission going forward. Um, I'm just going to start off with my background first. And please, sorry, please. Sorry, yeah, of course. There. Uh, so I am a Canadian. I was born here, but I was raised in Morocco. Uh, and you know, living in Morocco is kind of different. There are some stereotypes where a female, a Muslim female, should stay home and do certain activities, whereas a male should do other activities, which include outside of the house. Um, and my father was totally against this idea. He was like, "No, I want to educate my my daughters. I want my daughters to grow up powerful." Um, and so majority of my family is all females anyways. Uh, and my father told us, okay, I've done Taekwondo since I was younger and it kind of empowered me to be who I am right now. And I want my daughters to be like me. I want them to be confident. They can walk the streets because the streets aren't dangerous. They're different, right? You can go down uh, to the store and, you know, get whatever you want without, you know, being with someone or, or feeling that sense of discomfort. And so at the age of five, I think five or six, I was my first uh, Taekwondo class. And so from there, I built up the love of martial arts and the confidence from a very young age. And I was very fortunate to have a father like such uh, who, you know, put me out there, uh, put me out of my comfort zone to learn uh, martial arts, to learn how to defend myself, uh, whereas other people do not have uh, maybe that equipment or the support that um, they need to be in such an environment. And so once I came back from Morocco, I kind of had a culture shock because I was raised, my entire childhood was raised in Morocco. And so the culture shock was very hard for me uh, personally because I came at the age of, uh, I think 12 or 13. Um, and I was very shy. I, I didn't like talking to anyone, although I was confident enough to defend myself, but there was also that, that fear that I had in me. And so, I went up to my counselor, and my counselor was like, hey, you don't talk in school, you're not very active, this, that. Uh, what, what do you like to do? And I said, I like to do martial arts. Um, is there anywhere I can do martial arts? And she said, yes, there is. There is a program called YBYG uh, Youth Initiative. It's after school, every Friday. Uh, this is the timing. They have free food. And I was like, what type of food? And then she <laughs> told me, they have noodle bars, this and that. And, and sometimes, you know, and my favorite thing is eating as well so sometimes if we do good we're treated with pizza which is unhealthy but you know you can't do anything about it right um and i was very very interested in me and my older sister and so the first time i walk into yobro and i see this this guy you know white hair very strong and very scary joe calendino and then i see all these participants and all of them are you know very friendly they're doing the work and i see joe 
drop down and do 100 push-ups. And they're doing 100 push-ups and some are tired. And he's going up close to people and screaming, you got this, you can do this, keep going on. And I was like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? But as I stepped, I took off my shoes and I, told, I talked to Joe and I was like, hey Joe, uh, this is my history. And you know, I'm, I really want to participate. And he knew I was shy. He saw in my eyes that there is a line in me that still did not come out. And so he introduced me to the girls that are sitting beside me right now. Um, and you know, although they weren't instructors at the time, but they were, they were awesome partners. You know, I was there, very shy, very timid. I, I didn't want to talk to anyone or do anything. Although I knew some martial arts experience, but I wasn't confident enough because it was a new environment. And so Harnid and Zainab uh, really gave me the big support, you know, just as sisterhood, sisters, you know. Uh, even my English wasn't the best, uh, right now it's not the best either, but you know, <laughs> still, still communicatable. Yeah, so there was always Harnid and Zainab over there. And, you know, I would be stuck doing a move where I would feel very uncomfortable, like, oh my God, I don't want to do this or that, but Zainab you know, especially when we're sparring with each other and randomly Joe's like, okay, Wahiba and, and this girl, you guys are sparring in the middle and everyone is watching you. And I'm just there like, uh. and Zainab and Hardy on the side, let's go Wahiba, you got this. And so just hearing their voice gave me more motivation to keep going on. And, you know, eventually I became very, very confident to a point that I started being an instructor, just shadowing other instructors, right? I never thought for once that I would actually have my own program, teaching my own self-defense classes, but look at me now. Because of the support and the sisterhood and you know the family that I, I and the connections that I uh, gained from the, the program, right now I started a, a new program with the girls that are sitting beside me and it's been a success so far, alhamdulillah. Now, talking about how I was enlightened to start the program is a new different story. So. As you guys can tell, I am uh, a hijabi, I wear a scarf, and so I remember I was coming back from training, and it was during winter time, a couple of months ago, and so, you know, at 4 or 5, it's already dark, you know, it's still early in the day, but it's already dark, and I was coming back uh, near Gateway area, and I was actually followed by this person, which I have no idea who this person was, and you know, this person is saying slurs behind my back but there's there's me i'm like okay like, like anti-muslim slurs yes like, like, anti-muslim slurs yes like like what would he say like i i, if, if I it, prefer not to you say the words they, 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 they were horrible they're they're not the best of words that you would want to listen got it got yeah so i was walking and and all i hear is slurs and you know bad words and whatnot and i'm like okay Wahiba, don't don't freak out just walk ignore because sometimes you know when you ignore someone, it, eventually they walk away. But in my case, no. Uh, this person actually follows me. They put their hand on my shoulder, uh, turned me around, and I got a big slap uh, and a spit on my face. Uh, why I did not respond, or you know, and this person screams, "Why are you ignoring me? Who do you think you are?" A bunch of other slurs, and 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 it was know, a man. It was a man. Um, you know, being in that position, I was obviously very shocked because although I'm very confident and I know what I'm doing, it was, it was shocking. shocking for me. It was something new. It's like, why? Why is this happening to me? You know, a lot of thoughts were going through my mind. And so what I, the first thing I did is, I don't know why, I don't know how, but I just stepped back. And, you know, all the lessons I remembered, like all the lessons I was training. At this point, I've been doing martial arts for, let's say, 14 years. 
uh, almost 15, right? And so I step, I step back, and throughout my entire history, I've never came across a certain situation where it's like someone is hating on me, or I feel unsafe, or I feel unconfident, right? And so I step back, and I'm looking at this person, and you know, I can just tell from his stance that he's coming towards me, and he's being very aggressive, and these are things that I have learned uh, throughout my martial arts career, and things that I have remembered. And so this person keeps coming to me, and I clearly warn uh, the person like, hey, please don't come, you're coming into my uh, personal space, you're coming into my bubble, I don't want to hurt you, I don't want to have any contact with you. This person did not listen to me, and out of the blue, they just, you know, came, at, came ahead and started attacking me. So the first thing that I did was actually I broke their pinkies. Good work. Now, how did I do that? I have no idea, because it's all muscle memory. You know, all the training, from all, training. all the training, all the training, all the muscle. Like I built up this awesome muscle memory that if I was being attacked, I can automatically just do you know a certain move where I break their pinkies, break their arm, choke them out. You know, as violent <laughs> as it, as they sound, they do help and get you out. But, but again, situations. how tall are you? How tall are you? I'm five five. Five five. Yes. And how tall was this person? How big was he? I have no idea how tall he was, but he was big enough. He was big enough. Yeah, to, so, to look up. So. so, so <laughs> You know, obviously, for whatever reason, he thought you were a target, and he, he thought the rock hijabi, that's for <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you, you know, again, getting over the shock because nobody's ever expecting again yes. somebody to to be persistent and verbal, and then starting to to want to hurt you, mm -hmm. and then you were able to to basically disable him and disarm yes. him. Yes. So when you broke his pinkies, what happened? Then? When I broke his pinkies, I called the police right away. Yeah. They arrived, and then right after that, I contacted. Coach, I contacted Joe and go, Joe goes, good job, you did the right thing, you know, and I was freaking out, I was like, oh my god, am I like going to go to jail, what is going to happen, but at the same time, I was like, you, you defended yourself, you I defended, defended myself, yourself. I was scared, yeah. but yeah. I, I felt very confident that, hey, you messed with the wrong person, yeah. I'm not harmed, but I harmed you, so next time, yeah. I hope this is like a lesson you learn. Because the intent was he was going to he was going to harm, harm you. He yes. was going to harm you, and you were able to harm him back and defend yourself. Yeah. Self-defense. Yeah. You you learned your, your training uh, and the muscle memory, all of that training, all those hours and days that you put in, months and the years. The sweat and the tears all came. Came for this right moment back. to protect you. Yes. Which could have, if somebody didn't have your training, it could have ended up much worse. Horribly, horribly. So I want to, just with respect to, to what you guys have done together with this type of environment of support and cheering each other on and, and to learn these skills again, hopefully you don't need them, but you have them yeah. and I the worst case. Good to go back and remember. So now, now you're here and you're now a teacher. You, be, you were a student, uh, you know, you've had an actual altercation in the real world, which was the worst case scenario. Now you're teaching others. Now, now you have students of different ages, different backgrounds. Let's talk about um, you now being a leader. Now you're a coach, you're a leader, and you have students that you have to care about, and you see each one's at a different level. Kind of what is your strategy, and what have you learned to be a leader and a coach? So one month after my incident happened, I was scrolling on Facebook, and I noticed the story, and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And I read the story of uh, one of your guys' volunteers being insulted, and I, was, I got very mad. I was like, why is this happening to us? You know, what are they trying to do? Why is it, you know, being all related to Islamophobia? And, you know, the list goes on. 
uh, and so it was kind of a spark, uh, an anger, a motive for, for you know, to do something. And that's when your wife actually contacted me. She's like, "Hey, can you please come to, you know, this organization? The, these sisters, you really need your help. You know, we want to do a workshop with you where you can teach the girls." And at this point, I used to teach co-ed classes, so I didn't teach only girls classes uh, yet. And you know, co-ed classes they were open to all races. We had all races, but it was. It wasn't as special as you know starting up a new girls only program where you can actually you know uh, okay give me a minute <laughs> where you can actually help the girls uh, gain confidence and you know help them get out the tiger that they are right um, and so I went to that first workshop and it was a success and it gave me like a bigger motive and a bigger strength and I'm I, I go up to my coach I'm like. Listen, I, I need to do a girls' self defense only for Muslim uh, women because this, this, this. You and championed it. You pushed it. I pushed it through, and I said, you know, as as much as it's awesome to have different cultures and and you know different backgrounds be on the mats, but you know these certain uh, of type of ladies are not getting the help they need, especially for one for people who are visibly Muslim, right? Like, if you see me on a Skytrain, I represent Islam, you're going to know that, hey, this sister is Muslim, you know, and, you know, so on, whatever hate I might get, right? And so I started pushing through when I talked to my teammates, uh, Irene, Zainab, and Harney, and so we kind of came up with a structure, I guess you could say, and we presented it to Joe, and they agreed to help me out and be my co uh, coaches, and so uh, from, from then, you know, obviously you contacted me and we pushed through to create an organization. Uh, so far, it's been a success. Uh, you know, just me teaching and, and sharing my confidence and my stories and my skill, my 14 years of, you know, skills and sweat and tears, uh, it brings me a lot of joy because I know that I'm making a difference for these girls, a difference that they uh, maybe were not uh, being accessible to, like they didn't have access to you know, certain things in their life, and now they have a, a program where they, they are provided with free food, and you know, it's free. The majority of the times, if you go to other gyms, you're gonna find a girls' class only, but a male is always teaching that class. So what with our program, what's very rare about it is it's girls only, but females are teaching the class. And so that kind of gives us gives us a, a step ahead, you could say. Upper hand. Upper hand, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, and you have something unique, which is, again, uh, a gender sensitivity, a cultural sensitivity, a religious sensitivity, and especially uh, at the moment, the, the Muslim women that are wearing hijab are targeted. It's all across uh, North America. The hate crime statistics, according to BC Hate Crimes and, and, and uh, various studies that are, are being done on racism and Islamophobia, it's just going up, and yeah. particularly against uh, women that do wear hijab. So a unique... Uh, uh, program that you've helped develop focused on this vulnerable population open for all women yep. but with the cultural sensitivity around again there's 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 from the the, the countries that uh, the women are from the, the the religious aspect and then also the gender aspect where it's a safe space only for women no men and and to to create that comfort and security that there's no judgment with that being said, I'm very grateful for MAC. Uh, they provided us an awesome space, very, very big. Huge. 
yeah, yeah. huge. It's it's ginormous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and having uh, being provided the mats uh, from our donors was absolutely amazing because it's it's a closed area, you know, and it's at it's at the mosque as well, yeah. a place of worship, right? Yeah. And so just these girls walking through doors and you know being able to you know either work out with their scarves or take off their scarves or you know just even doing whatever they want, talking about whatever they want, they know that whatever is said and whatever is done in these four walls is going to stay within these four walls. They feel a sense of comfort, a sense of belonging, a sense of family, you know. And although it's been only two classes so far, I can already tell that my students are being, you know, developing a very strong sisterhood because when I come in and I see them talking and laughing and interacting with each other, it gives me a sense of joy. And I'm pretty sure Harney can agree on this because she's my co uh, partner in the uh, Mac, so it's just a, a ball of joy, I guess you could say, and I'm very thankful for that. And, and we're thankful as well. And, and my daughter, who's 13, I think you paired her with a, a university uh, yes. age person, and, and my daughter felt that friendship with somebody who's who's much older. older yeah. And and, uh, and she she commented on that, and uh, so again, thank you very much for the great work and. Again, you mentioned your team, right? Because we can't do anything alone. And, and part of this work is everyone's working together as a team to create this good work. Now, Zainab, I've heard a lot about you. We haven't formally met, and uh, we've always mentioned you as well. So uh, please introduce yourself, how you got involved in YBYG, and, and uh, your personal story, and then how it's, it's really benefited your life and, and people that you've seen that have been through this process. Uh, how it's helped them. So I was first introduced to Yoga Yoga Girl when I was in grade eight. Um, Mr. Calandino came to um, my school and did a presentation. And at the end of the presentation, he said, if you have any questions, come and speak with me after. And this was just before lunch break. So we went and my friend and I, we went and we sat down with him and he's like, okay, why do you want to talk to me? He's like, well, we want to know more about you. He's like, well, tell me about you. So 
the first question he asked me is, um, are you familiar with martial arts at all? A little bit. I am. I am. Do you know what a rear naked choke is? I do not know what that okay, is. Okay, so it's like this. The head is here, and the, so I'm choke. Say your head is here, and I'm choking you. Yeah. He asked me how long do I think I need to be here before I pass out. How long? Ten seconds. I said, I said, oh, 30 seconds. He looked at me. 30 seconds. I was like, yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah, 30 seconds. He was like, okay. And one of the female other mentors that he had said, okay, go put her in a rear naked choke. Five seconds, I was already starting to see stars. Five seconds? Yes. I was like, oh. <laughs> when you do it more, you get more used to it. But as somebody who's never yeah. had somebody's arms around their neck, like, I had no clue. Yeah. Five seconds, I was like, oh, and I was feeling lightheaded. He's like, no, 30 seconds. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. And it was just, it was that one little thing. It was like, you know, you think that you have time, but you don't and it's being able to be realistic about situations that can occur and what Wahiba was able to start and like what we're able to now share with other people is the expertise that we've been able to learn through our organization and going to tournaments and being you know in those situations not when somebody is actually genuinely trying to harm us but we've gone to competitions where we're competing against people that have similar techniques, know what they're doing, and we know what we're doing, and we go head to head. We've gone to many multiple competitions. I think we've all three of us have competed for years, and we've met people from different parts of the world, and that have come to either Vancouver or different parts of the Lower Mainland, and we've gone head to head, and we've shown our own skills, but we've also been able to learn new skills from these people as we're working with them. You know, we might lose, um, I've, I've been tapped out multiple times. People just, you know, they come in with a little bit more drive, but I'm not going to lie. What Hiba and her knee have taught me out multiple times, you know, and it's, we learn from each other. We learn from the experiences we have with each other. And you keep getting back up. Exactly, right? it's, exactly. It's, 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 Ali exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it's just one result, but the next result could be a better yes. result. So it's not like, you know, it's the end all, oh, it, it didn't work out this time. You're trained to be like, okay, that didn't work. We're gonna keep trying until yes. it does work. Mm -hmm. And you learn something from that experience too. Yeah. You know, that didn't work, but something they did did work. Yeah. And then you learn. Yes. To win. Yes. For the next one. Exactly. So speaking of winning, though, you talked about how even self-confidence, the self-esteem, and then even your studies and and uh, congratulations on your scholarship oh, and, and, the, and the great work that you've done. Talk about how it's impacted your life, your family life, your friends, and then also your personal life and your, your trajectory in your life. So going back to playing sports, when I was in grade nine, I hit my head off the gym floor uh, playing basketball. And for about a year, I was suffering from um, symptoms of a concussion. Um, I was not really able to attend school. Bright lights were very hard for me. Looking at a projector was out of the question. So going to any class and looking at a projector and watching a teacher teach was very difficult. So I was having to do a lot of my studying at home. I wasn't really able to play on any of the teams because you know the running back and forth, the constant bouncing, it just was not happening. But when Joe and Yoro found out, they gave me other things to do. They gave me visual learning. So instead of um, practicing on the mat, we had access to Gracie University, which is a um, jiu-jitsu online. 
and we were learning, like I was just doing visual learning and then I would watch my other teammates practice. Like I would just sit there and be stretching and watching them do the moves that I couldn't be doing. And then Joe would also give me modified workouts to do that wouldn't have me bouncing or jumping or moving my brain too much. And I was continuing to work out again on my own, which was kind of difficult. Doing something on your own and not having to depend on other people. But then they were all there if I needed that support. And um, yeah, it was nice because it kind of, you know, when I felt like things were starting to crumble, because I was so used to having people. You had a team to find a, a way for you to, to work with yeah. you in your unique situation. Yeah. And that helped me realize that it's it's in you to, you know, like I think as humans it's like innate for us to like, you know, want to be with people, but like also have that, um, like she said, that inner tiger, that inner lion. And it's just different situations that can trigger it and I think that um, while being able to work with my BYG and becoming a participant then a volunteer and now a facilitator I have been able to you know see I myself have worked my work through the ranks so I can help people you know get learn, there learn, learn from your experience so yes. they don't have to take all that time to learn you'll explain mm -hmm. to them this is how I learn faster. You don't yeah. have to make the same. Yeah, and um, while when I for honestly when I before I had my concussion, I was honestly wanting to go into engineering. I was focusing a lot on my school and just keeping the extracurriculars to you know resume. <laughs> but after my concussion, my grades severely dropped, and I realized that having the support of others is very important, which drove me to take on a path of social work. So now with um, Yo Bro Yo Girl, I've also um, got the opportunity to do outreach work. So we work with uh, youth within the community, um, either referred by a school district or a police department or another concerned adult. And we do one-on-one -on -one work with um, people that want to, like with people that could potentially receive help. Irene has done a lot more of the work with that, so she'll let her touch on that more, <laughs> as well as the no means no. She's an expert. <laughs> yes, uh, she's actually our, uh, our, our reach supervisor. Awesome. Well, Zeno, thank you very much. And, and just to close, uh, BD, or Ryan BD, uh, he gave a scholarship. Yes, I totally forgot based, that. Sorry. Ba ba based on, on the work that you've done. Yes. So please talk about that, and then we will talk uh, to Irene. Yes, so um, again, this is because of Yogo, they're the ones that um, brought the opportunity to my attention. Um, it, was, it was the first year, so I am a part of the first cohort of uh, luminaries, as we're called, um, from the BD Scholarship Group. And um, their main um, kind of, what's the word for like, you know, when they're like, looking for somebody? Criteria? Criteria, thank you. <laughs> Their main criteria was to find somebody, uh, for, to find youth within the community that could show resilience. And um, the fact that I was working with the organization and that I didn't allow for my little hiccup in life to completely throw me back and I was able to kind of reroute and find a new way of, new path of where I was wanting to go. Um, 
Alhamdulillah, I was able to uh, receive one of 80 for that year. Congratulations. Um, and Good that's $40,000 to go to whichever institution um, within the Lower Mainland or uh, British Columbia and um, pursue whatever um, kind of education I was wanting to. So I chose social work and I'm attending Douglas College. And, and part of your work together has made you look at I'm passionate about this type of work. Yes. And so it helped make a decision for you in your career where engineering was initially a focus, but because of uh, the organization, the family, and uh, and you understood my heart's calling me towards this direction. Yes. And uh, the BD scholarship recognized that resilience. And I, and I think this is the key point is resiliency with all of you going through personal challenges and being able to step back up because a lot of people they become a victim or they give up. Mm -hmm. And by having a team and a sisterhood to pick you up when you fall down mm -hmm. and keep going. And I think this is what, from what I'm seeing on the outside, is is really for youth development and human development, this is, it takes a family, it takes a village, it takes everybody coming together to help each other. And your willpower. And your willpower. <laughs> Thank you, very much, well said. So now on to Irene. No means no, which is spelled K-N-O-W, no means no. One person we haven't mentioned is Joe's wife, Brenda. So Brenda came up with the YG component uh, of Yo Bro, Yo Girl, and then also the no means no. So maybe we haven't talked about Brenda. We've talked a, uh, a lot about Joe, and, and Joe says she reads a book every day, and she's a very, oh, yeah. very yes. intellectual yes. person. Yep. Let's yes. talk about Brenda, the vision behind no means no how you got involved in it and your story and the impact of the work you guys are doing. For sure, so uh, basically the name, no means no, so K-N-O-W, so when you know something, uh, when you learn these sort of components that I teach in this program, um, you will have that power to say no. You will understand that it's okay to say no to these things contrary to what other people believe, what you see in the media, um, and things like that. So this is a no means no is a five week program for females only. We do have a co-ed one, but uh, I have yet to teach that one, so I'm not going to speak to it. Um, but basically, it's uh, we have like I said five weeks. So week one is myths and facts about violence towards women, and I find that this one is actually one that really stands out for the girls that I have taught so far. Um, they're always shocked to hear um, what is a myth and what is actually the truth. The statistics that I find and that I share with them actually are very shocking to myself as well when I first read them. And then um, week two is, what is week two? Oh my gosh. Week two is gender stereotypes within media. Um, so that one is also a big problem I find in the community um, in terms of social media and girls trying to fit in, dressing a certain way, acting a certain way, saying certain things and trying to fit in that way but getting them to understand that it's okay to stand up and step out of, step out of your own comfort zone, be who you really are, be authentic. Um, and then week three, healthy relationships. So biggest one, I find that a lot of girls that I talk to and teach they have a hard time creating those healthy boundaries. 
they let people step over them or they step over boundaries themselves without realizing the impact that it has on other people. Not just themselves, but uh, family members, friends, people like that. Um, and then week four is environmental awareness. So how to stay safe in the community. Um, I don't touch based on the physical martial arts component, um, but we do talk about ways that we can stay safe when they're walking home. So for example, uh, walking in well-lit areas, having a buddy system, not uh, listening to music with two earbuds and ears or headphones or things like that, and just staying aware when you're walking home. Um, and hopefully, you know, things like something similar to maybe Wohiba Store will never happen to them because they're aware and they'll, you know, maybe get on the phone and try and talk to somebody and uh, figure things out that way so that they stay safe. And then week five is actually a self-defense component. Uh, but I'm probably either going to bring in one of these girls or someone with a martial arts background just to kind of help me out with that because I'm not too familiar. And how that. did you get involved with YBYG? What, what's your personal, how did this work resonate with you? How did you get involved? So I started off as a practicum student in university. It's 2019, so I'm coming up on two years organization and um, I had a classmate who used to work for this organization and he did his practicum first so he was saying all these great things he was talking about Joe talking about family and family it was always about family this big sense of family a big sense of fitting in belonging and not even having to try like people will just invite you to events they'll talk to you like they've known you for years it's very warm very safe very welcoming and I was like I, I was hooked when he told me that. Um, and then I started off actually with outreach about a month into my practicum. And so that's uh, one of my main priorities. So I'm an outreach supervisor currently, as well as a program facilitator. And that that's what drives me to do the work that I do with this organization. I haven't been here for too long, contrary to these three lovely ladies over here, but um, I had no problem fitting in, I had no problem, it doesn't even feel like work, just because my drive to help and to make a difference, no matter how big or small, is so strong. I just, I love it. And you found your calling. Yep. So, so this is this is what I, I'm very impressed about, is all of you, the Hardy, Wahiba, Zainab, Irene, all of you, just the four of you, I'm sure there's many other uh, women and, and girls that are part of the program, boys and men, and uh, this kind of sense of belonging, the sense of, uh, again, brotherhood, sisterhood, and, uh, and everyone is rooting for the other person to succeed. Yes. Everyone is there to, hey, I, I want to be better, I want to help you be better. So that's, again, kudos to, to Joe, Brenda, the team, all of you guys, that, uh, that and why we're passionate to, to do this, because uh, Yusuf and I, uh, we are passionate about this work. We want to, uh, really highlight this because people need to hear these stories, these personal stories. That's why we asked you these personal stories, which uh, uh, we believe will motivate uh, others, uh, Muslims, uh, other people in the community, because at the end of the day, we are all Canadian. We love our country and we love fellow Canadians. To showcase the work where we're all working together, regardless of our background or ethnicity or religious beliefs, we're all in it together and so with respect that's our philosophy the Canadian mosaic I, I believe Yogro Yogirl does it 
much better than anything I've ever seen, and I wish I had that resource when I was growing up. So any other closing comments that we haven't addressed that maybe any of you would like to say that, that just for the audience, again, could be uh, girls like you were when you guys were young people, what would be something that you would want others to know that we haven't discussed? I want to touch a little bit on the, so our program, if you go on our website and stuff, it's hard to kind of portray what we truly are, like we've talked about this before, um, but our, it's, it's for someone who's looking into our organization, for at first glance, it seems like it's, a, it's an organization meant for at-risk youth, and I really want to highlight the fact that, that anybody could be potentially at-risk of being at risk. Of course. So, and that goes for, um, I can speak on all of us, like uh, on behalf of all of us, that we could have potentially been at risk and we have this program and uh, that helped us become the people that we are today. And um, yeah, so our program's not just for for those kids who are who are more vulnerable or, you know, it's, it's for everybody. I'm, I'm that person who, uh, you know, I had a great family. I had, everything was kind of good. I had a little bit of sport, but this just kind of brought my, like, changed my life, life drastically, you know? Um, brought, brought, I think, And that's a fair point. And, but you addressed at-risk uh, folks that you guys may have met that, that have had issues, maybe domestic issues, where maybe their home life is not uh, the best and they had challenges in their home life or challenges or trauma, something uh, where maybe they've had addiction problems or gang problems, maybe just talk about uh, how this has helped maybe uh, as uh, a preventative for addiction, a preventative uh, uh, about gangs, a preventative of negative kind of past. If somebody would like to just address that, the at-risk component of some of the people that you've seen in, in, in the YBYG team and how it's protected them from going down the wrong way. Um, I'm just going to speak about a story that I, you know, stuck to my head, but we actually had one of our first students being a, a very at-risk student, uh, and she did not have any support whatsoever, and so she was actually kind of, you know, forced to join our, our, our program by the principal, saying that, hey, if you don't join this program, you're going to be expelled. Wow. Uh, and the only reason why he said that is to encourage her to join, otherwise she'll say, yes, yes, I'll join, but no, reality is, is she's out doing drugs and, you know, being with the bad uh, friend group. Um, so when she first joined, she was kind of, you know, against the whole idea of mad, and she's she's always that type of person that would stay in the corner and, like, stare at you, give you, like, a death stare kind of look, yeah. Um, but eventually, because, you know, the moment that you join our program, the staff are so welcoming. Like, I'm not just saying this because I'm part of the staff, but it's, it's a fact that every single uh, person of us is so welcoming and so knowledgeable and, you know, just saying or talking, uh, having conversation with that person automatically gives you a sense of comfort. Like, we know what protocols are and how to, you know, approach a person who's going through so much and giving them advice without being bossy and direct about it. Uh, we can do it. Or, in, or uh, judgmental. Or judgmental, yes. Uh, we can, you know, have a conversation with that person without being like, hey, uh, I'm on top, like, uh, my life is perfect, this, 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 your life is not, you have to, you know, come like along me. to this lane. Um, and so with her, it took a bit of time, but because we had such awesome support system and such
such awesome leaders in the program and also the training that we are being provided by, you know, whether it be mental health first aid or uh, national coaching or, you know, crisis intervention certificates, uh, you know, by us being educated about so many things, it really helped us uh, grow as a team and, you know, welcome people who are uh, at risk and tell them, hey, it's fine, you will get over this, but I need you to meet me halfway, I need some effort from you, uh, I need you to show me that you're going to change and I will help you change. And so once you kind of build up a relationship with that student or, you know, that person that joins your group and there's a source of comfort, then eventually, slowly by slowly, baby steps, they turn into someone who's um, greater than what they have thought of uh, prior. So that's just from my per what I saw that you know, really impacted the students. And I'm sure all of us all have uh, similar stories, or if you guys want to add anything uh, to what I have said then. Yeah, so I want to, sorry, That's I want to add um, the stability component that we provide, at least uh, based off of my experience with outreach. So I've had a few of my girls tell me, you're like one of the most regular adults in my life, right? I show up every week or when I can, um, and we do fun things together, we get to know each other, we deepen that bond and connection. And I, you know, what I hope for them is if they're not already open to change, is to one day be open to change. Depending on where they want to go, whatever their journey may look like. We're not here to, um, you know, force them down a certain path that we want them to walk down. We're here to walk that journey with them um, and to make sure they're staying safe and you know, not getting into trouble and ultimately just living a better life for them. Yeah. I asked Joe this question, and I'm going to ask you guys this question, and, and I was shocked. I was like, Joe, how much does this cost? How much do people have to pay? How much do do do, do students have to pay to be part of it? So a million trillion dollars. <laughs> 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 a lot. <laughs> it's completely free. Wow. Um, wow. And Amazing. Aside from being completely free, it's insane how many different opportunities we get. Like Zainab talked about her scholarship opportunity. I uh, personally got uh, Joe connected, like just Joe has so many connections. He connected, I wanted to do work experience. I was um, uh, on the fence about, I, I wanted to learn more about accounting. So he connected me with his accounting team, uh, uh, accounting company uh, who does, who used to do the accounting for all of Yobro. And, I went and did 120 hours of work experience with wow. them, and it was wonderful. Like we get so many unique and just versatile opportunities that are just you wouldn't be able to get anywhere and anywhere else, and they're completely free. We used to compete mm -hmm. at tournaments, like the three yeah. of us. Yes. Um, we'd be com like consistently like expenses paid for, yeah. and tournaments are kind of expensive. And, and, and on top of that, you pay for our parents to come and watch. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. And like no matter how many uh, spectator. <laughs> no matter no matter how many spectators you wanted them to uh, kind of come and watch us, you'd always be like, okay, give me a number of how many people from your family or how many friends from your side want to come, uh, and I'll put I'll put the money down. And then me, I'm like five. Harnit is like, okay, I'll bring like three or something. And then I remember your parents. Oh, my parents! Almost every tournament, and they'd be in the front row. Wow, yeah. Yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and so you know. Every week, maybe twice every week or, or more every week, there's always a competition and three of us are like, okay, we're competing. And you know, we don't even 
compete in one category, we kind of try to do other categories to kind of, you know, get the feel of whatever it is that we are competing in. And plus food after that, like he would pay mm -hmm. for our team dinner. And, and our team dinner is not just three people, it's 25 people or so. And we pick, wow. you know, whatever restaurant we want, whatever type of food we want, and wow. just pays it and we just eat. Also transportation, he pays for our bus passes wow. for people who can't drive. Um, he just gives us bus passes or fills up our bus uh, our compass card, and he's like, you know, you're making an effort to come out and change your life. You're making an effort to um, be a be a better person, be at a better place. I'm gonna make the effort to help you uh, achieve what it is that you want. And so he really, really helps us in so many ways that you can't imagine. Uh, you know, it's and not everything is free. So, no this, so, so this is this is huge because again, you know, financial considerations or whatever, but just somebody who cares enough to think of these pieces. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure the parents have tickets. I want to make sure everyone yeah. has the food that they like, mm -hmm. that they want to eat. Mm -hmm. But before um, I forget to mention, he also has. Um, I think if I'm correct, if I don't, if I forgot, say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like other organizations, um, like if so, especially during COVID, we've actually um, we had funding, and we um, that we spoke with some of our schools, and we found out which families are more vulnerable and would require um, certain supplies, and we had a team um, that uh, we had the funding, so we had a team go to Walmart and Superstore and buy these um, buy the, the, the things that these families would need. And then um, put them in packages, and then. And it them. wasn't just food; it was also gift cards. Yeah. So let's say Amazon gift cards that are hundred something, or yeah. or you know just gift cards that even if we don't know what type of groceries you get, you can just take the gift card and, and go get what whatever. you want. So Walmart, yeah. Superstore, you know whatever you want. And so I remember, um, my family personally was going through a very rough time, not necessarily this year, but a couple years back. And so when I first joined, you know. Uh, my father was going through a very rough time financially and Joe actually supported my family um, by giving out gift cards and it's been like, I think he gave us gift cards or whatnot for two months until we eventually sold our financial problems and you know, alhamdulillah, because other programs won't, you know, consider anything. You come, you pay for the program, you train and you leave. And, and this is huge because, because there's one thing is you, but there's your family yeah. and then there's other things other than just your own individual thing there's a whole thing that surrounds us there's yeah. financial there's uh, you know again family so all these things i think ybyg does better than anybody else that i've seen i've never seen a program like this where they take in account your whole yes. situation to support you and then just in terms of this i know social venture partners is one of the contributors and there's a number of sponsors and donors and just to illustrate to give this service because a, l a lot of the work we do uh, around addiction, racism, uh, mental health, this is the solution from the beginning, from that young age, elementary school and high school, to give the resources, the family, the community uh, to prevent problems like addiction, racism, and mental health issues that come because people are so disconnected from each other. Mm -hmm. And then financially, I'm saying for myself, the call to action for me to kind of look at other resources, corporate sponsorships, yeah. organizations to support the good work because at the end, it's an investment. Yeah. 
in our people, our society, our, our, our youth. And, and everyone talks about the youth, the youth, the youth, but I haven't seen many real yeah. solutions other than what you guys have told me. So with respect to all of you for telling your personal stories uh, to help motivate hopefully the next generation to be like, hey, I learned from Harneet, I learned from Wahib, I learned from Zaynab, I learned from Irene, their stories have motivated me to be involved. So on a multi-level uh, front, from my daughter, from my wife, my other daughter who's, who's right now four, to, to, to get them to be involved. So uh, it's inspired me. At the very least, you guys have inspired me to do much more work to support the work you guys are doing. Yusuf, any closing comments on your end? Well, uh, I will tell you um, that specifically, Wahiba, the motivation uh, and inspiration, rather, from, uh, from your story and what you're doing, I 100% I see the value in that, even for my own family. So for my wife, I, I believe it's like it's an awesome thing to do to you know have these skills, to have this knowledge, to have the ability to take care of yourself and help others, right? Uh, and I, I think it's it's never too late to start. It's uh, you know the time to do it is now, I would say. And uh, I'm really proud of you guys that you guys are taking your time to to promote this, to work on it, to help others. It is a noble work you're doing, and you know, kudos to everyone involved. Congratulations. Thank you. And thank you to Mac the Muslim Association yes. of Canada. Thank you to uh, Muslim Food Bank and Community Services, the Muslim Care Center at Inspire, and Islam on Route.